From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Up and Adam, it's going to be a better day today, temperature-wise across the state of Wisconsin. Hello, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Youngke helping you rise and shine. Today, we'll look for partly sunny skies. 48 are expected high. Tomorrow, cloudy, but 51. Saturday, partly sunny, 52. Sunday, cloudy, but 54. Monday, eh, we've got about a 50 55% chance of rain. 58 are expected high. So it's a little give and take with this weather forecast. We may gain a little bit as far as heat is concerned, but we're going to lose a window of harvest opportunity when it comes to moisture. Speaking of harvest opportunity, we are continuing to remind everybody, farmers, their employees, and of course others that are sharing roadway with big farm equipment to exercise caution. A little suggestion from Jerry Miner, who is the uh, fire chief in Pittsville, about what you may not know, road law. That means it's not to be broken. We'll stick around and uh, listen in on that. Cody Coster, broker analyst from EverAg, is our guest this morning, and he's going to talk to us about what he sees happening with dairy yesterday. We saw butter sell off 13 and 3 quarters cents. Uh, but that was just a day. Is that holiday? What else is going on there? And we're also keeping an eye on the National FFA Convention that officially began yesterday in Indianapolis. Wisconsin has got a candidate that remains as one of the four in the nation for the American Star in Agribusiness Award. Details all coming up. Incoming! Don't worry. It's not raining elephants. That's just the sound of Dairyland Seed delivering our strongest silage lineup ever. Again, get ready for even better trait quality, even greater tonnage potential, and even more milk per acre. See how Dairyland Seed silage outperformed the competition in your area at showmethesilageyield.com. That's showmethesilageyield.com. Protivate Nutritional Seed Enhancer is an 80-20 talc graphite replacement that provides the critical nutrients corn and soybeans need for early and uniform emergence. Learn more at getgreatergrowth.com. It is a lot to juggle the responsibilities of running a farm, working off farm, and being a parent all at the same time, yet this is what many farm families are doing across Wisconsin day in and day out. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdar speaking with Lauren Langworthy, She is a farmer in northwestern Wisconsin who works full-time off-farm and has a young daughter. She speaks of the challenges that her and many other farm parents face in finding childcare while managing all of their work responsibilities. Lauren, can you tell me about your farm and family? My husband Caleb and I run a 153-acre grazing farm just north of Menominee, Wisconsin, and we live there with our pretty new little two-year-old named Lumen. We utilize rotational grazing methods, so we move our animals from paddock to paddock throughout the week, and that gives us a lot of really great opportunities to do conservation-oriented work on our farm. We sell largely direct to consumers, and so people can buy from our website, but that also means that we have a lot of communication to do with those customers and a lot of logistics to figure out to make sure that their meat gets to the right place. Are you both on the farm full-time, or does one of you have an off-the-farm job? For the last 
little over 10 years, both my husband and I have either been full-time on the farm or I've had off-farm work while he has been full-time on the farm. That all changed in January when he started working off-farm as well. That's provided us some more stable income and has been a good thing with having a little kid around. But it's also presented some challenges because farms don't necessarily work on a nine-to-five schedule all the time. So we're lucky to have flexible employers who understand agriculture and allow us to have some flexibility, but it's definitely been a lot of plates to spin, a lot of balls to juggle. It's certainly a full plate you have between running the farm and having an off-farm job. So what do you do for childcare? We've put together a little bit of a hodgepodge of childcare. We're very fortunate to live near UW Stout that has a childcare program. Lumen is enrolled in that program two days a week, which has been great for us. It starts kind of early in the morning and goes through the work day. And so we're able to really just lean on that those two days a week. But the other three days a week were still a challenge. And so my mother actually comes and spends the day with Lou one day a week. And then I worked with my employer to create a condensed work week. So I work four 10-hour days and have Fridays off. So I spend Fridays with Lou. And that's left us with just one day, (laughs) one day to figure out. And we had a really wonderful nanny who was coming out to our farm and spending that day with her at our home. But she had other employment opportunities arise. So we're back to kind of scrounging up childcare on a week-to-week basis for that one day a week. It's certainly been a challenge. What are the difficulties you face being a farmer, working off-farm, and needing childcare? Yeah, so there are a few different challenges that are presented when one is farming and doing full-time work off the farm (laughs) and living in a rural space in general. The first thing that obviously comes to mind is that a nine-to-five job is a little bit more clear about its expectations, but a farm, you know, you really can't control when something goes sideways or when the weather is going to behave or all sorts of different factors that come with agriculture. Not only do we really need that kind of business day support, but sometimes we really need someone who can stick around another hour so that we can run around and do things that might be a little bit dangerous with a kid, but have both parents available to do it. Often Lumen will come out with us around the farm to do lighter duty work, but when it comes to moving large animals in small spaces, it's not always productive to do that. There's certainly unique challenges around the timing of care that happen with agriculture in a way that they don't happen with other jobs. But I think the other bigger piece of it is that we're kind of located out in a a very rural space in order to have a farm. And that means that a lot of the child care opportunities that more people can use, the teenage babysitters, for example, are much further away and uh, need to have transportation to get out to us. And so either we have to extend our day to get into town and kind of work our schedules around when childcare in town is available, or we need to find someone who can come to us. And that has proven to be a lot more expensive than we would like, and honestly just very challenging because not everybody is comfortable driving rural roads, especially in the winter time or early in the morning or late in the evening. So there are just a lot of factors to work around. I'm sure you have other neighbors and friends who are also on farms dealing with the exact same thing. So what kind of creative solutions do they have in dealing with the same problem as you? 
Yeah, we have friends who are in, in a lot of different places with child care. And the one thing that I can say is a constant is that parents, especially those who are farming, especially those who are in rural spaces, we can sure be creative. <laughs> and so I've seen a lot of really interesting and creative solutions from some of the friends in our network. We know some folks who work together as a group of parents and kind of pool their resources to get child care for a group of kids or who move them from one home to another different days of the week so that every parent has a few days where they're off duty and a few days where they're on duty. And that allows them to take care of different types of tasks on those days. We've seen just a lot of really interesting solutions to childcare, but I do think everybody is struggling with the same issues of certainly affordability and certainly access, especially in agricultural spaces. They're just aren't as many opportunities for childcare, and so it's a lot more expensive and a lot more competitive to get into them. I realize this is a multifaceted issue, but what do you believe is the single most important step that can be taken to address the issue? Well, I think anything that could be done to help support parents with the cost of childcare and also make sure that those people who are providing childcare are getting good compensation that would be really wonderful. I think there's a lot of benefit to the public school model, for example, of making sure that everybody has access and hopefully making sure that those teachers are also getting a fair shake. We want the people who are taking care of our kids to feel like they are well-supported and well-resourced to do that work the best that they can. Our children are so important to us, but we also can't necessarily afford the top of the line when it comes to child care. And so if there were any way for that difference to get balanced out through maybe some public programs or, or grant opportunities or something to that effect, that would be really wonderful. Do you have any other thoughts you would like to share on this? There are certainly a lot of differences between some of the licensed and unlicensed child care opportunities, especially kind of in rural areas. And it'd be wonderful to see a little bit more consistency so that when a parent is trying to identify a child care solution like in-home care, for example, that they really know what they're getting into, especially if it's a little bit more homegrown situation or an unlicensed facility. I think they certainly have a need within the ecosystem of child care. There are a lot of the opportunities that exist around me, but it's really hard to compare apples and oranges sometimes. The average distance someone will drive to find childcare in rural Wisconsin is 10 to 20 miles. With obstacles like that, it's no surprise that farm families like Lauren's are getting creative and juggling all their responsibilities. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. 
We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If you combine pajamas and rubber boots to check on the barn, we welcome you. This is the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get started on a Thursday with what's coming our way weather-wise. I started the broadcast by saying I was a little bit more optimistic on what kind of weather we've got coming our way. Stumach Ag Meteorologist here to either confirm or deny. It's getting better. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> Typical weather guy. Let's just try to go right down the middle of the road. Okay, why not? And it, yeah, I will confirm it does improve nicely. I mean, some sunshine, temperatures doing their best to struggle back to normal. Low 50s now, 52, 53. That's a normal high. Well, today may be just in the upper 40s, but tomorrow and even Saturday, a lot closer to 50. So that sounds pretty good. A fair amount of sunshine around. A small system will take a little dive in from the west and pass to the south of Wisconsin. That may account for a few more clouds into Friday. The rain chance, a very slight possibility. And I'd kind of put it in west and southwest Wisconsin. La Crosse, maybe Mauston, more so down toward uh, Dubuque, Platteville, that area. They could see a little rain late Friday. Uh, that's about the extent of it. Otherwise, I really expect we do stay dry. Temperatures stay mild. Sounded good until into the weekend. When low pressure passes south, a slight rain chance around very late Saturday or Saturday night. Another small chance of some very scattered or light rain Sunday night or into early next week. I'd say the early part of next week, the way it looks now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there'll be that very small chance of a hit or miss or scattered shower, enough to keep it kind of sloppy if you're out in the field. It means just that little extra bit of mud that may get dragged out in the road. That's unfortunately how it works. Not much more we can do about that. Temperatures even into next week, although they won't be quite as mild, only drop back into the upper 40s, not too far from normal. But it does get just a little cooler as we start off into next week as well. But here we are. It's only Thursday, and we're in for a much nicer situation than we've seen lately. More sunshine. Temperatures trying to rise a bit for today and even on into the day tomorrow. Sounds a lot more comfortable, a lot more productive, a lot less of that uh, dealing with that wet, cool, sloppy fall condition. I happened to go by a field where they were running the combine yesterday out in the corn. 
back the truck in to try and load it. And you can tell they've been out in the road and back and forth. A lot of mud dragged out of the driveway. That's going to be a pretty common thing. And means, of course, we've got to do more about cleaning up and keeping things neat. But it's just going to be on the sloppy side. We are not going to dry it out perfectly in the next day or two, but will help a little bit. Hopefully, we'll bring that moisture content of that grain still out in the field down a little bit more. I know that's what we're waiting for. It'd be good for it to dry down just a bit. And maybe a couple of days of sun with a little breeze could help it out. We'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that works out that way. I'll have our forecast details right after this. I'm sure you're noticing it already. It's not too early to start thinking about the holidays. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Bavaria Sausage. Open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, or open 24 hours a day, seven days a week online, BavariaSausage.com. Why am I bringing it up? Because now is a great time to get your turkey orders in for the big Thanksgiving feast. Of course, Bavaria Sausage only works with local providers, but if you're looking for a bigger bird again this year, get your request in early. The suggestion, if you're hosting a group of four, you need about an 8 to 10 pound turkey, six people about a 12 to 14 pound turkey, and north of that, well, let's just say that's a special request. But that's what Bavaria Sausage is all about, making sure you've got a smile on your face. Again, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, BavariaSausage.com, or Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, Bavaria Sausage. Stu, you were just talking about mud on the roads. Uh, the point is that, yeah, farms that are really tracking a lot of mud, it's their responsibility to clean it up, and you got to be careful about that, too. Stephanie Hoff did a story that's up on our podcast now about muddy tires on the road. Uh, law enforcement can get involved with that, so you might want to listen to that podcast before you clean up. But your point's well taken. I came back from the Milwaukee area yesterday, and the the grain wagons, the combines, they were still trying to roll. Yep, they're trying to get it done. And, yeah, I know it's a pain in the backside. We get in that mud, and it gets tracked out. But, yeah, we've got to kind of clean up after ourselves as well. And it's just not going to improve magically. It's going to stay kind of sloppy. In fact, today, let's look forward, though, to more mostly sunny skies. How about that? Sunshine, a southwest breeze will push temperatures into the upper 40s, 48, or maybe even warmer at La Crosse to be the warm spot. The southwest wind at 5 to 15. Tonight, some clouds roll in, and that does keep us a little nicer. Low and mid-30s for nighttime lows, a little better than we are. Southeast winds, or southwest, excuse me, will be at about 5 to 10. Mostly cloudy, at least to start the day Friday. Maybe a sprinkle at La Crosse. Mostly sunny then, developing. Sunshine breaks out through the day Friday, and we should push up a lot closer to 50 or even in the low 50s in the west and south. Southwest winds 5 to 15. More clouds Friday night. There's that small chance of rain in the west and southwest. Could be a more cloudy start to Saturday, but sunshine should break through. Partly sunny, pretty nice. Again, close to 50, maybe an upper 40 here or there, but a low 50 possible. Northeast winds start us out for Saturday. They become west later on, about 5. And unfortunately, Pam, I'd say a slight chance of rain again Saturday night, but low 50s with a little sunshine for Sunday. The weekend does sound a little better. All right. Well, I'll check your temperature tomorrow and see if you stay committed to that. How about that? Sounds like a plan. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with that uh, quick weather update. Remember, you can keep me up to speed on what's happening with your harvest or weather conditions, whatever you like. That talk text line works pretty well for that. 877-301-FARM. That's 877 877- 
301-3276. And like I said, aside from that Muddy Tires post uh, podcast up at MidwestFarmReport.com, you can hear more about that child care situation that Nate was discussing earlier in the hour. It's all at your fingertips when you need. Go to MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yankee across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. What I was told was bone on bone. I was going to have to have knee replacement, and I do not like surgery. Desperate to avoid surgery, Julie decided to check out QC Kinetics non-surgical regenerative treatments. My daughter actually works in a Chapel Hill, North Carolina lab, and I sent her all of the information that I was given. And she's like, oh, mom, this is for you. I've heard great things about this. She's like, you need to try it before ever doing surgery. Julie started the QC Kinetics natural biologic treatments right in the office using her own healing properties to help restore her damaged tissue. I know my daughter was right. Yeah, It's nice when you've got that um, person you can go to who might have a little bit more information, especially on the science of it. QC Kinetics, it's life-changing. Find out if you're a good candidate. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. You don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. 
Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked! And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. Who wins the most amount of games? Right now, the Twitter poll says the Vikings. Do you agree with the Minnesota Vikings and the uh, resounding listeners with the Twitter poll? No, I don't. And, and and I'm just specifically when I brought that up, I was saying, like, who wins more games from here on out? I understand that the Vikings have four and they got a two-game lead on the Bears and the Packers. But that Kirk Cousins news. I feel bad for him. He, he was having the best year of his career. Yeah. I know Justin Jefferson is probably going to be coming back sooner rather than later, but do you really think that locker room deep down thinks they can win it with Jaron Hall or Sean Mannion or Joshua? Like they acquired Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs was never a starter until this year. And it's almost like the Cardinals were tanking and Kyler Murray's like, F this. I don't want to play here. Yeah. New call of duty was out for Kyler Murray. He's like, I got to play some video games. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a move where it was a needle mover, where the, where the, the team is like, you know what? We're really going to back this. Or how about this? What if it did? What if it did get the Vikings be like, Hey, we're going to get behind Joshua Dobbs. We're going to play as hard as we can. And we're going to get behind Jaron Hall. We're going to play as hard as we can. And then this week, they lay a, a big-time egg and they stink. Then it's a huge dream crusher. Like, I get maybe one more full effort from Minnesota unless things really are, do go well, which I don't think anyone sees that happening. No. And one thing Eric on I-90 said, he's like, the defense is, is starting to figure it out. That's why I believe in the Vikings when I pose this question to him. Well, my team that I think will probably win the most games from here on out would be the Chicago Bears. And the reason being is because they haven't figured it out yet. And by that, it's they don't know what they're doing. They're trading for Montez Sweat, which improves the defense. But Bajan is only going to play this upcoming week because it sounds like Justin Fields will be back after this week from the thumb injury. Mm -hmm. You know Justin Fields has to prove himself. Yeah. You you know that. Bears fans want Caleb Williams. Yeah. You know this is make or break for Justin Fields. So I feel like they upgraded the defense. Justin Fields is going to come back in a week or two. He's going to bring everything he's got. The And some of these Bears players that are fringe, like the, the Jalen Johnsons of the world that wanted to be traded, like they're still good players that want a big contract. 
Like, they're still going to play hard, and the Bears are going to be a bunch of dumbasses and win more games than they should, and they're going to have a worse pick than what they should be sitting at. And then you have the Packers, which they just feel like such a complete mess right now. They're a dumpster fire, and that's being polite. And the fact that you just traded Rasul Douglas, who seemed like he was the leader, that seemed like he was the guy trying to fire up the defense, trying to fire up the team in general, now you trade that? Like, where's the leadership coming from? You mentioned we listened to it yesterday. It's not Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is is a, you know, a know, funny. Know. He's a funny know, clip when he's playing well and things are going good. I don't know, man. He he sounds like a little kid that doesn't want to talk about you know getting in trouble when things are going bad. Like he that's not a leader. I don't know where the leadership comes from. Some of the players that were supposed to be kind of. Uh, your guys have been banged up. You're there training is no, there away. There's no leadership. Yeah, the four cries. He cries at halftime. Offensively, after the, game. the line's a mess. You don't get the ball to your best player. You know what it almost is reminding me of with Jordan Love? Where uh, Who called in? Was it uh, G-Dub that called in and said? Someone called in and said that Jordan Love almost feels like he's forcing it and doing this and doing that. And then we've had other people. I think it was Tobin. Tobin G-Dub called him the Joe Biden of quarterbacks because he seems lost and confused and he's not the one actually pulling the strings and he just doesn't know where he is. That's what G-Dub said. And I think it was Todd Mount Horeb earlier this week that called in and said he sounds like some of the profile of what he was coming out of college. And by that, he's talking about a guy that was trying to force it and make plays was a little inaccurate with some throws. Yeah. But I think that could be a good comparison because if you think about it, he went from his junior year at Utah State with some fringe NFL talent, and he was playing really, really well, really, really confident, making a lot of big-time plays. And Gary Anderson came. Yeah, then his senior year, Gary Anderson comes. But not only that, but he he lost some of that NFL talent that he was playing with at the receiver position. And then it was Jordan Love who had talent, but he was playing with no talent. And he started to even said that, I I think, in like his rookie second year in the NFL. He's like, yeah, I was trying to do too much because there was just not anybody around me. And and I wasn't playing within myself. I think maybe we could be seeing that here where, uh, again, some of these receivers are dropping balls or some guys aren't running the correct routes. The offensive line isn't passing. Maybe it's almost. And I don't want to make excuses for Jordan Love. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, and with improving weather conditions across the state of Wisconsin starting today, you can bet the roadways are going to be filled with a lot of tractors as well as heavy farm equipment. Stick around for some safety reminders on that for both farmers, their employees, and others that share those rural roads. Good morning, everybody. Farm Director Pam Yankee, glad to be along with you. I'm really glad to deliver this forecast. Should stay dry today, 48 are expected high. Tomorrow, cloudy but 51. Saturday, cloudy but 52. Sunday, cloudy but 54. Monday's when we're back into the thick of it as far as the rain possibilities are concerned. Monday's daytime highs around 58. but well, we've got about a 55% chance of rain in the forecast as well. So, Today is the second day of November. On this day back in 1911, the first vocational school opened up in Wisconsin. Where was it? Racine. Yep. First vocational school in the state. Opened up today back in 1911 in Racine. On this day in 1954, Wisconsin voters overwhelmingly voted in opposition of state-supported public education television. 
Final vote, 662,000 versus 295,000. That happened on this day back in 1954, obviously, as uh, folks became more aware of what television was and would offer, definitely changed our minds. But against it to begin with on this day back in 1954, on this day in 1982, then-President Ronald Reagan signed a bill to create Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's observed every year on the third Monday of January, recognizing the life and contributions of Dr. Martin Luther King, African-American civil rights movement leader. Uh, started on this day officially back in 1982. Happy birthday today to actress Stephanie Powers. She is 81 years young. And actor David Schwimmer from Friends, 57 years young, but probably thinking about his castmate Matthew Perry this week as well. And now you know. Well, we want you to know we're keeping an eye on what's going on down in Indianapolis. The 96th National FFA Convention is underway, and Wisconsin has one of the four 2023 American Star in Agribusiness finalists. His name, Joseph Pulver from the Randolph Cambria Friesland chapter. Joseph is third generation cement mixer. Yeah, he is a cement mason. Third generation in his family business. He and his brother now taking over from dad. Dad had taken over from grandpa. He was a member of the Randolph Cambria Friesland FFA still today and owner of JP Slabs LLC. He expand. He's looking forward to expanding J.P. Slabs, he says. He is a graduate of Fox Valley Technical College with a degree in business management. And uh, like he says, he just wants to keep expanding that family business. Now, we'll find out later this week who the national FFA star in agribusiness finalist and uh, ultimate candidate is. Jill Welke from our Northern team is in Kansas City this week and brings us another update of an FFA member that hopes to advance to the big stage before Saturday. We're at the 96th National FFA Convention in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's really filling up with those blue jackets, but there's a lot of blue jackets that have a lot of responsibilities, and they've earned the right to compete in contests here at the national level. And from Wisconsin, I caught up with Morgan Bearwolf. She's from the Columbus FFA, and she got to compete in employment skills and national level can't be the first stop where did you start out on this journey to work your way to competing here in indianapolis so you start with districts and then about a month later you hit march and there you go to sectionals and after sectionals then it's a nice journey on to state in september for this contest i started by doing a virtual component to the contest so i went through an interview that was all online and here we are november 1st and i'm down in indiana and i had my first round this morning so and there's more than one round once you get to the national level isn't there so depending on how you do in your first round. So this morning I went against about all 50 states. I think there was about 46 that were there this morning and I had my first flight. So each flight has about seven to eight kids in it and there's six different flights. So then you go through your first flight and then they judge them all and the top two from each flight move on to the finals. So there will be 12 that will compete in a networking activity which happens tomorrow where we have lunch with the judges. And then after that, then we go through a phone call where we accept the job 
job offer. Then from there, they narrow it down to the top four where they go through a final interview. Let's talk a little bit about that job that you interviewed for? Sure. So I'm applying for a job that I currently already have. So I work at the Columbus Countryside Veterinary Clinic in Columbus, Wisconsin, and there I work as a veterinary medical assistant. So I assist with x-rays, I help restrain animals, um, and I uh, participate in the exam rooms with the appointments there. So here it's a lot easier for me to apply to a job that I already know the responsibilities for and have done the physical job itself. So when I'm applying, then I can just relate back to the experience that I've had in Columbus. And along the way, they ask you questions that are kind of job specific too, don't they? Yeah, of course. So if you don't have that on the job experience, then it can be really difficult to answer those questions. So there's still a few more steps before you find out how well you did, but we're going to take a little adventure into the future. Yeah, so I'm at the University of Wisconsin River Falls, and I have a pre-vet dairy science major with a minor in chemistry, and I've got plans to become a veterinarian. So I I live in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, but I go to I went to high school in Columbus, and so it's about three and a half to four hours up north, northern Wisconsin, from home. And so we've already got some snow there, and so I've got yep, plans to be a vet. Just having the experience in the vet clinic, is that one of the main reasons that has pushed you to be a veterinarian in the future? That's definitely part of it. I guess it all started when I was younger. So I come from a dairy farm. We milk about 650 cows um, right outside of Sun Prairie. And so just growing up on the farm and being around cows, you know, feeding calves, getting all the hands-on experience through the farm, that definitely helped and was part of it. And then I really got interested in the veterinary medical side of the farm. So, you know, the vaccines and then the veterinarian coming out for herd health that definitely sparked it and my mom told me you know being a vet isn't all just about going and seeing different farms you got to get in the clinic and see a new setting so from there our neighbor was actually an office manager at the Columbus Countryside Vet Clinic and she helped me get my foot in the door in Columbus so there I started the youth apprenticeship program and that's how I ended up there but I think that definitely getting that experience in small animal and large animal has definitely really pursued me in wanting to be a vet. So you're thinking more large animal or small when you get that degree? So that's a great question, and I think it would be really interesting to do mixed. So maybe half the week do large and the other half do small. And that was from Wisconsin, our employment skills candidate from Columbus FFA, Morgan Bearwolf. And I'm Jill Welke from Indianapolis, Indiana. Excellent. Appreciate it, Jill. Now, Morgan is not the only competitor that we're following in Wisconsin, but as you can imagine, yesterday was their first official day of activities. You can follow along. Go to FFA.org. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are actually pretty doggone firm. Currently in Chicago, our December corn is trading up a penny at 476. January soybeans are up nine at 1323. July new crop wheat currently two cents higher, 625 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a penny and three quarters to 167 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese remained unchanged, but double A butter dropped. 13 and three quarters cents in a day, still at 314 and a quarter per pound. Fluid milk, class three for December, down a penny at 1712. January milk right now up three, 1737, a hundred way. You know, this improving weather situation means that a lot of folks are going to be out on the roads, and that includes our Wisconsin farmers and their employees trying to keep going with the harvest. And that means everybody has to demonstrate a little patience, a little respect for that farm equipment and the job that farmers are trying to get done. Jerry Miner is the fire chief up at the Pittsville Fire Department, and he says 
Uh, there's a few laws that people have to remember as well when it comes to passing that big farm equipment. I've seen people pass in double yellows uh, a piece of farm equipment. That is an enormous violation. Uh, the double yellow is on the road for multiple reasons. Maybe it's a hill. Maybe it's a curve. Maybe it's a speed-controlled area. But that double yellow line means something, and it means you cannot pass. An ambulance going down the road cannot pass in a double yellow. So generally, you know, if you pass in a double yellow, you are putting everybody at risk, including yourself. Jerry Miner, fire chief up in Pittsville and a fellow that's always encouraging safety on the roads. Again, double yellow. No, no, no. When it comes to passing that farm equipment, please, everybody, let's try to exercise a little common sense and patience when it comes to sharing the roads. Well, we're sharing the microphone with Cody Coster from Everag. He's up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If you're talking, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, time to speak dairy on a Thursday morning. Our buddies from Everag always kind enough to chime in and kind of get us rebounded on what's going on in the world of dairy, whether it's prices, whether it's imports, whether it's sales, whatever it is, we turn to them. And this morning joining us, Cody Coster, one of their broker analysts. Are you still over in Michigan, Cody? Yes, I am. Ah. Yes, I am. This uh, very cold and snowy uh, Thursday morning here. Really? You guys got snow on the ground then? Yeah, we got snow for, uh, let's see, 
uh, trick-or-treating, and then it just kind of stayed, and we got mm-hmm. a little bit more this morning coming mm-hmm. down. So mm-hmm. quite a start to the November month here. Well, for a good chunk of Wisconsin, that's uh, fortunate that we don't have to deal with that very much anyhow yet. What we do have to deal with, though, is kind of a bleak situation when it comes to news in the dairy uh, sector and also kind of bleak going into 2024. What are you seeing, Cody, as far as uh, milk production figures, milk prices, processing, holiday buying? Where do you want to go this morning? Well, I think, uh, you know, like you and I were kind of talking a little bit back and forth, Pam, the milk production report for October uh, came out and it was down 0.2%, which, I mean, lower is lower, right? It's not extremely bullish, not extremely bearish. I think our company actually called it pretty much neutral. Um, but what's happening right now is the the prices have been slipping ever so slightly in class three, and they've been kind of rebounding here in class four. And as you and I had talked, you know, we were kind of hitting on where is processing growing? There was supposed to be some processing plants in the southern regions, you know, Kansas, um, <clears throat> excuse me, part of New Mexico, Texas. And right now, what we're hearing through the grapevine is it's hard to have those companies get producers to get online to build new dairies for these processing plants, especially with interest rates at 8 to 8.5%. It's just hard to make that dollar back as fast as the producers thought they would. That's interesting to think about it that way, Cody. So are they finding unique partnerships then to still try to get these processors online? Are processors look, taking a different look at their investors? I think there's, they're taking a different look at the investors. I mean, we still hear that these plants are being built and expansions are still happening. Even in the Mideast and Midwest, there's still a little bit of expansion going like on the butter side. I know there's a few in New York that have uh, kind of talked about it, but if milk production is slipping, folks are not really adding cows right now. And a majority of the producers that we talk to are saying that these interest rates, I am not going to go out and build a new barn. I'm not going to add new cows. If anything, I'm going to focus on the structures that I have at home. Um, if they need a little bit of fixing up, maybe get those fixed up, put the money where it needs to go on the farm right now. So I, I think there's been a little bit of a hiccup in getting more fluid milk into these processing plants as we we go along and right now i mean demand is not fantastic let's be honest we've kind of gone through the holiday spike if you want to call it Uh, i'd say a lot of products are bought if not they'll probably be bought in the next two weeks to get them out for the the christmas and holiday season thanksgiving and that kind of thing and after that as we all know quarter one uh, really goes to a slow kind of lull once we get past the Super Bowl demand also. Cody Coster is along with us this morning at one of the broker analysts at EverAg. You can find him online, ever.ag, the whole complement of staff on hand. So if that's the response that processors are getting from producers, given higher interest rates, higher operating costs, what have you seen as far as uh, cattle slaughter? Are we still thinning our dairy herd? What do you see in there, Cody? Yeah, cattle slaughter has been high for the majority of this year. It's slipped in the past couple of weeks coming out, um, but cattle prices are are actually still very high. And talking to different producers throughout the country, I mean, if, if you have cows that need to go, uh, now is the time to sell them. Even springing heifers are extremely high 
and I, I believe there is a little bit of a, a lull in heifers right now. I think folks are looking for them. If you need them, you're going to have to pay up a little bit. Um, one guy was quoting $2,600 for springing heifers, and he had mentioned there might be a little bit of a waiting list on that. Um, and I think right now, if what we've seen in the cattle market, the prices are so good. If you have these lower lactating animals that are going into their fourth, fifth, sixth lactation, you need to get rid of them. The, <clears throat> excuse me, the heifer is going to be the way to go to kind of rebound the herd and keep it going, but it's going to come at a cost. And you need to, I, folks have just been dictating what that cost is for their dairy to really keep it moving forward for the future. Now, we mentioned that the news cycle has been a little bit slow on all commodities. Uh, soybeans, maybe the exception popping up a little bit. When you start doing strategy planning for 2024, Cody, are feed inputs at least one of the friendly elements you're dealing with? I think feed inputs have come down a little bit. Uh, going into 2024, they're looking a lot better than they did this time last year when we were rolling into 2023 and trying to make a plan. I think cost of production has probably come down. Uh, 50, 60, maybe 75 cents, depending on where you are because of those feed inputs. And soybean meal and corn have had a big impact on that. I mean, you've got corn sitting sub $5 uh, before you get into May of next year on the board here. And soybean meal has had a fantastic run-up, but as soon as we get to $430 soybean meal, we kind of come off, start to plateau, and fall apart a little bit. Um, and I I think there's a little bit more downside in that market personally. And for the dairy producer looking at, at their balance sheet going forward, that is going to help them out tremendously going into the new year. Interesting conversation. I had not ever thought that I wouldn't have uh, processors and dairy producers finding middle ground to move forward on a project. But like you said, we're living in unique times. Hey, Cody? Yes, we are. We definitely are. Good deal, man. Thanks so much for joining us this early hour. Well, not so early in Michigan, but good to hear your voice again, Cody. We'll catch up with you again soon, I'm sure. Have a great one. All right. Thank you, Pam. Cody Coster joining us live this morning from his spot in Michigan, part of the EverAg crew that literally covers the entire United States. If it's something related to dairy, dairy marketing, dairy forecasting, then definitely make sure you're checking at ever.ag. I'll catch you with you tomorrow morning. Same time, same channel. This is the Midwest Farm Report.